Welcome, everybody, to Lore and Poor Hey, everybody. We've got such a good episode tonight because two points. One, we're talking about Beholders. That's right. Everybody's favorite D&D monster, the Beholder. And two, we have got the leading expert on Beholders. That's right. We have got Ted from Nerd Immersion here with us tonight. Uh, Ted, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Listen, as the lead expert on Beholders, I would be insulted if you asked anybody else to talk about them. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't even know who else I would ask. Honestly, like, I, I don't know. know I'm who... glad it's, it, this is good. I'm glad that we're here having this discussion. Like, who's this? Who's the second lead expert on Beholders? Like, who? I don't even. There's no one I can go it's, to. It, it's not important. It's <laughs> not important. We don't even need to know their name. Um, hey, uh, Ted, before we get into it, uh, like we start every episode of Lore and Poor, we do first need to find out what are we drinking tonight? Sure. So tonight we are drinking McAllen Select Oak Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, uh, established 1824. This is from a cruise that I went on, uh, because, you know, cruises, you can get the cheapest booze. Uh, and I didn't start tapping into this till... About a year and a half ago, and I was like, damn, that's smooth. So, here we are. Dang, that is probably way more sophisticated than my drink, because, <laughs> as always, everybody, <laughs> I am drinking tonight. Um, so, I'm actually out of chilled Diet Mountain Dew. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, instead of Dirty Dews, uh, which is, of course, Kettle One, Vodka, and Diet Mountain Dew, I'm finishing up my final uh, Dirty Dew of the night, and I will be going to a Kettle One Vodka and a Diet Coke, um, which I don't think we have a fancy name for, so um, I mean, it's just maybe me. Maybe it'll be the Dirty Beholder. I don't know. We'll come up with something dirty tonight. Be- oh, I, we'll come oof. up with something. I like that a um, lot, actually. <laughs> well, you know, as the expert. Uh, and uh, just for, for po- folks who are curious, uh, it was... Uh, scotch on the rocks, but the rocks have melted, so now it's just <laughs> it's just neat, neat McAllen scotch here. No, uh, no rocks currently. And I can vouch for that. Uh, yes, <laughs> Ted is literally just pouring scotch into a cup, <laughs> chugging down the cup, and then uh, getting into it and giving you all the uh, the deep dive for the beholders that you all mm-hmm. really need to know and want to know. Uh, so, Ted, uh, before we really get into our questions and really just dive in deep to what makes these beholders tick, uh, do you think that you could give us kind of like an overview of the history of beholders and even maybe starting like with what is a beholder? Sure. Uh, a, a beauty is in the eye of the beholder, uh, as they say, which has nothing to do with the creature. Um I mean, maybe it does, right? If you find their form appealing, then I guess it does. Uh, so, really, uh, a beholder is ultimately, and it, 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 you know, it's an eye ball. Right? Literally. It is a ball of eyes. It is a big spherical shape with a big central eye, a big gaping mouth, and ten little eye stalks that come off and that's your standard beholder. There are other versions maybe we'll get into those but if it looks like that 
consider it a beholder. And uh, other than that, the imagination, come up with whatever you want it to look like. Is it scaly, like a snake? Is it smooth-skinned and supple and weird-looking? Chitinous like a bug? Doesn't matter. It's all, uh, it's all up to your imagination. Or their imagination, which we might get into in a little bit. What? Where do they? Where do they come from? Uh, before we really get into their looks. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, a beholder. Uh, they are, as I've stated so eloquently, eyeballs. Um, they come from uh, another planet out in space. Planet um, Ocular. That's what it's called. Uh, the ocular, ocular planet, in the central core uh, retina of planet ocular, and that's where they come from. Uh, and they all live there. Uh, and if you've encountered them on your campaigns, it's because uh, they are a spacefaring race of eyeballs. Uh, they fly in magic eyeball-shaped spaceships, uh, and usually not together because they hate each other. So it's one, an iPod is what we call the ships they fly in. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, oh man. You broke yourself. I got broke myself. I did not plan on that. But uh, yeah, the iPods from Planet Ocular, uh, they make their way to your local area, and that's how they set up shop. So, Ted, you mentioned, you, you mentioned that. Whatever we could imagine, uh, scale uh, scales on them or smooth skin. So they all look different. Some of yeah. them look different. Yeah. So what's weird is they uh, the way beholders reproduce is through dreaming. They when they dream, their brain is split in half. There's two beholders inside every beholder. Uh, and if it helps you think about it, we have two eyeballs, but they are one big eyeball. Oh, so yeah. we have to take that and distill it into one creature. But there's two eyeballs vying for consciousness. And when they go to sleep, that's when they can really... The, the, the one that was sleeping can start interacting. And if they start dreaming of stuff, they can literally dream new beholders into existence. So if they are thinking about how, like, pretty they are, they could dream a duplicate of themselves into existence. But, like, if they saw a snake in the morning and they went to sleep and thinking about snakes, it'll be like a snake-looking beholder uh, or something like that. So you could have a variety of different things. And, like, they also all think that everyone thinks that they're the best one. So, if they dream of, if they're thinking of themselves, and they dream an image of themselves, an exact duplicate, they will be like, well, you're clearly, I'm the best, you're the worst, and then they fight. Uh, so the smart ones run away when they're dreamed into existence. But, like, what if they saw, like, I mean, they don't typically like other beholders, but what if they did? And they're like, I love Sally, the beholder and they think of Sally, then they'll make their own Sally into existence. It's, and whatever, the, your, the world is your eyeball when it comes up to determining what, what the holders look like. 
Yeah, you you brought up a, a really interesting point about how they kind of feud with each other. So when they dream birth another mm. beholder, mm-hmm. and then they seem to uh, some at least some of the times, uh, and sometimes they may you know be attracted to each other or anything like that. Uh, but some of the times they may uh, like fight each other and or run away. I was going to ask how they end up ever making more beholders if they all just kill each other uh, kill each other off but obviously if some of them are smart enough to just run away I yeah. guess that answers well I mean then they have magic right that's so that's that's part of what makes them they you know and they they float their flo- floating eyeball which if you don't know uh, they're actually they fly because their guts inside them, all of their funky alien organs, actually float. And that's what allows them to float. So if you cut them open, their guts will actually just float away. That's how these big eyeballs move around? Yep, and each one weighs like 5,000 pounds. <laughs> yep. That's so a lot like, of pounds! So like, you know, I don't know about how it is in your games, folks, but... You're not bringing this beholder. You're not slinging it on your back to bring it to town as a trophy. You best get like four horses and a cart because you don't. You're not doing this yourself. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so they can float because their guts are kind of the like anti gravity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so if somebody were to just poke a beholder to death and their guts weren't to spill out, it would be. It would still like kind of like float in air. Yeah, while for it was like dead. seven hours. Seven hours, and, and then, then it just then it just the magic is gone. Unless uh, you use uh, like gentle repose to preserve the corpse, then you can push it like a levitate spell almost. You know, move it along. It's a, a hot pro tip right there. Yeah, so. you want to you want to bring it back, get your cleric to preserve the guts <laughs> to send it back to town. <laughs> Any any players out there listening right now, Got you, you guys. now know exactly how to easily carry a beholder back to town. Yeah, a, a fun fact while I'm thinking about it about guts and stuff. If you cut off their eye stalk, it comes it grows back also in uh, seven days. So if you cut off an eye stalk, you'd be like, ah, now if I go back to fight it, it's got one less eyeball. But if you wait a week. It's uh, it's gonna have, it's gonna grow back. So. Oh, so if you like sneaked up on a sleeping beholder, cut off one eye stalk, and thought like, hey, now it's like ten percent less deadly. Right. But then you waited a week. No, nope. for whatever for whatever reason, maybe you were gonna do something with the eye stalk, right? Maybe you thought it was a good idea to like cast a spell with the eye stalk component. Play some pranks with it. Right, sure. You know, tease your wizard friend, like, what What did you do today? I got an eye stalk. Fucking got this floppy. Maybe you grafted it to stalk. yourself, maybe. Oh, that would be own, funny. Your own eye stalk. That would be funny. Uh, yeah. But not helpful, apparently. If apparently, no, long. no, not a, not apparently, definitely uh, not helpful because it'll just grow back. Um, so even if you were, like, trying to be a jerk and, like, I'm going to cut off all your eye stalks, beholder. Now you don't have your telekinesis eye stalks. You can't even have hands, kind of, anymore. They're just going to grow them all back, so your plan to ruin their existence forever uh, has just fallen apart completely. So, say somebody did cut off 
all the eye stalks, it would still be just this big ball with one big eye and a big mouth, right? Yes. Yeah, so why do they? Yeah, why do they need that big eye for? If they got all those little eyes. Yeah. Well, the big eye is their biggest weapon and their biggest detriment, and it just sucks up magic in that whatever it's looking at. It no longer has magic. If this is you as a caster, no magic. If this is your magic item that you love, if you're wearing your boots of flying to fly up at the beholder and it looks at you, oh. sorry, buddy. You are you are going to the ground because your magic boots stop working. But their own magic doesn't work in their own, which is a really a design flaw, but they need to be flawed for game balance purposes. Uh, so their own eye stalks don't work in their own central eye radius. Uh, and that's how they continue to sustain their floaty guts, is it's actually not an anti-magic cone, it's an absorption cone. So it absorbs magic from the world, and it sustains, uh, its own magic floaty guts on the magic it absorbs from the world. Okay, and it has now. the mouth, but that's yeah. really just for talking. They can eat, but they don't need to eat. It's really just like a, you know, it, it's a posturing thing. Like, you don't listen to me, I'm gonna eat you. And then, like, I have a big enough mouth that I can <laughs> consume you. And like, maybe I can. Maybe if you are magic, your caster, I can absorb some of your magic into my floaty bits. But um, they don't have butt beholders, so <laughs> if you eat a beholder, or a beholder eats you, rather, you are dissolved into, like, a gross orange goo, and that is absorbed through the different floaty bits, and then whatever is not usable... Do you ever see how beholders always have that, like, big slobbery, like, mouth? Yeah. That's whatever they didn't. That's the excrement Ooh, comes it's back like out their mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's like poop drool. Poop drool. Yes, that's the technical term. Ooh, that's what happens. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh huh. I, <laughs> you just yeah. answered so many questions. One was gonna be how do they how do they pee or poop? Yeah, no, it all comes right back out. They only got the one hole. It comes in. It's in. in cut the exit one. and uh, you know. It's, it's, it's two ways. The mouth. Ooh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a beholder. No, they're, it's, well, I mean, you know what? It's because they're so alien to what we understand that, like, maybe that's, like, perfectly acceptable on, uh, ocular, right? That's, that's how, like, that's how life is, right? That's just how it is over there. But here... You know, consuming and then also removing through the same orifice just doesn't fly here. Right. Sounds kind of gross here. I, right. I mean, yeah. I I I'm in agreement. They're not they're not the most sanitary. No one wants to kiss a bull. No. Just um, don't do it. It's actually a bad idea. Is it possible for two beholders to? Say, t- say a beholder really, really gets lonely and uh, wants to seek out another beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of a two-part question. Can they, A, 
how do they feel about hugs? Because that seems awkward. And obviously, it seems like no, like kissing's off the table, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, uh, they're not huge fans. Um, although there are hive mother beholders are like the supreme female leader of the beholders and they can convince other beholders to work under them with their beholder wiles so it's that's less of a less of a like a, a relationship and more of like a I am the leader you are the servant kind of yeah um well, they don't have hands, right? Or at least traditional beholders don't have hands. And, like, eye stalks... Like, would you want to hug somebody with your no! eyeballs? It sounds like it would hurt really bad. Right? Well, here's the thing, though. This, well, the central eye is actually as hard as, like, stone. Oh, I did not know that. So, unless you're wielding some kind of fancy magic weapon, don't be like, I got this, guys. I'm gonna poke him in the eye. It's poking a rock, is what that is like. And you are just gonna be like, and you're just gonna have your finger gonna look silly. on their pupil, and they're just gonna be like looking at you all cross eyed, like, well, this didn't work, human. They're gonna eat you. Or maybe not, because they're not, they're, they just absorb your magical energy. But yeah, uh, the. They, they have one of. Well, I guess we could dive into this. Why not? They have ten. Ten eye rays, okay. uh, and they all do a different thing. And one of them is telekinesis, and that's how they do manipulation, right? How they open doors, how they do anything that your hands would do. The telekinetic mm. eye ray does the stuff. So they could telekinetically hug, I guess. I don't know what that would feel like, though. I kinda, feel like. Kinda. Good, probably not good. Yeah, well, I'm in my brain. It's like I'm holding you, but with like the force, which I feel like seems like Invasive? it automatically seems combative to me. Yes, like I'm not. It's not an affectionate hug. And then, like, do I return said telekinetic grasp? Can you shake hands? With you can shake hands with telekinesis, or they have big long tongues. Maybe they tongue tie, oh, maybe, which yeah. is gross because we've already described where the poop comes from. So it's like a. I mean, I guess if you're really gonna get, if you're going down that road, and you really, <laughs> if you're gonna go that far, <laughs> I guess that's, out. that's what how it goes. If you've somehow come to terms that you love said other beholder enough to shake their hand and you're not going to kill them because they're not the, they're the inferior beholder you can tongue tie a lot of awkward high school Saturday nights yeah I'm, I'm picturing okay I'm picturing <laughs> like a real like a uh, high school cliche like a nerdy beholder uh, with like uh, spectacles on it which um, 10 11 11 yeah. glasses. How, but by the way, do do beholders ever need some kind of spectacles, glasses, or monocles or anything? Do their eyesights ever fail like that? Well, they have so they have backups upon backups. 
so they've got like four retinas inside their eyeball. So, like, if one goes bad, you're probably gonna be okay. Some of them yeah. use monocles because it's a status symbol, right? Like, who looks doesn't good. love a monocle? It right? looks I mean, really good. And you can get a big ass monocle for your big central eye. Oh! Uh, and maybe if you're crazy, right, and you can get like a convex or a concave monocle, maybe you can either expand or contract your central eye anti-magic absorption oh, field. Yeah. Maybe you can make it real wide, but not as doesn't extend as far. Or maybe you can really concentrate it and double the range. I, I feel like we're now also getting into... Creating a new beholder monster. I mean, I, we got so we have so the gentleman beholder with his top hat, his jaunty top hat, that's how I and his big it. central eye yep. uh, monocle. And yep. it's a dual. It's somehow it's magic. It's alien. Don't question it. One side is concave and one side is convex. This monocle. So depending on which way. So if it's like normally a sixty foot anti magic cone. That's 60 feet wide. It can now be 120 feet wide, but it's only 15 feet, and it goes double length. Or you go even wider, but it's half. It's only 30 foot, and if you flip the monocle around, and um, he has his little his his fancy black top hat uh, and a cane, and and he's got a cane, right, which he holds with telekinesis, um, and he. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, the cane, which is the tricky part about the gentleman beholder, because you think that the eye rays are dangerous, which they are. Let's not sugarcoat that at all. But the cane also has, it's a magic cane, and it has different abilities. So it can shoot, like, a sleeping gas or a grappling hook or, like, you know, it is basically... The Gentleman Beholder has a cane designed by Q from James Bond. It's a James Bond cane, but for Beholders. Uh, or Scrooge McDuck, if you're a fan of the newer DuckTales. Uh, so, the Gentleman Beholder, they don't have feet, so they can't wear spats. So they can't be a Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but, uh, I love this. Uh, and I'm sad that it only took me this long to think of the gentleman beholder. <laughs> yeah, Ted, I feel like uh, I'm I'm really, really basking in my luck right now that I, I get to see the expert on beholders birth this brand new beholder that seems like see, a genuinely good idea. Just like beholders birth other beholders you from their imagination. Birth a beholder just we did like it. a beholder we did it does. together here we birthed a beholder and they would talk in your whatever and here's the thing because they're so intelligent these beholders they whatever you perceive to be the fanciest accent is how they speak yeah and that and it changes which is crazy because if you have a party of six adventurers let's say and each adventurer is from a different region of a different species of some kind and each one perceives like their own or a separate accent maybe they perceive the elvish accent to be the most fancy or the dwarvish or the dragonborn or what have you 
they, that individual adventurer hears it in that voice. So everybody agrees that it's fancy, but nobody hears it the same way. Uh, I am so in love with Beholders. They, yeah. like, this is, I, I liked them before we started this interview. Mm-hmm. And now they are growing on me to be my absolute favorite creature in Dungeons and Dragons lore after. Well, you said growing on you, and it just reminded me. If they don't spit up the grossness from the people they don't absorb, they actually will, like, if they don't poop out their their people that they've eaten or whatever they've eaten, it actually forms in, like, a growth on them, like a cyst. So if they internalize it and don't, like, excrete it back out, they'll get, like, a bulbous piece of, like, that, it just, so you might find a beholder that, like, maybe has, uh, had a jaw issue where it can't open its mouth to excrete stuff out, and it'll just be covered in, like, cysts of nutrients, or, or, or the, the remnants of nutrients that they couldn't absorb is just, like, cysts and boils on them, and that is also terrifying, because then, like, what if you attack it? What if it ruptures its boils and then you've just got poop? It's a poop rupture. It's a poop boil. Yeah. And that's like, that is, that is the worst unant. You're like, okay, so this one just looks weird. And then you find out, oh no, it's way worse. It's way worse. It's not just looking weird. It's, it's filled with poop. And then that would probably do like a, like 2d6 poison damage every time you hit it with a melee attack. 2d6 poop damage. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah, which is poop it. damage is unresisted. Actually, it's not, <laughs> it's not poison. Poison resistance does not help um, because poop damage is not just a physical damage; it's also a mental damage because you know what it is when it hits you. You know, you know, you know. You're like, ah, what do I? There, how many showers to get clean? Oh god, yeah. Even totem of the the uh, bear, whatever it's called, barbarians mm-hmm. don't resist that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's um, that is only an experience that you ideally experience one time and never again. Or in the ideal scenario, you never experience zero ever <laughs> zero times zero zero <laughs> zero poop beholders. Um, so Ted, we've we've talked about all these different eyes that they have, and it seems like they always have ten and then one big, right? That's a traditional beholder. What I will call a, a true beholder. But there are other ones that have weird other things that do other stuff. Okay. Um, And they come from a variety of different things that can happen. So we talked about how beholders can dream other beholders into existence. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes. So, like, a common one that everybody knows about is the, the zombie. And that could be someone reanimating a dead beholder. That's the simplest version, right? But, like, what if the beholder watches Night of the Living Dead before it goes to sleep? I, oh, no. How and then old it is sleeps and it dreams about zombies. And then it spawns zombie beholders into existence. Which is a thing they can do. Who gave this beholder this movie? Again... 
a great question. Candlekeep, keep your shit on lockdown. Don't nobody <laughs> giving out movies to beholders. Yeah, like why would you? Who would rent out this movie to a beholder when you know was just going to spawn some undead, creepy ass undead beholders? This so, librarian needs to lose its license. Do like I'm sure I, librarians I feel have like, a license. I feel like Candlekeep librarians have licenses. They should have a they license. They should if not. Uh, or it's a mystery of Candlekeep coming March 16th. March 16th. I'm excited <laughs> for that. One, by the way, <laughs> um, but they can do a bunch of different things. So right, like let's say it had, it was feeling like it wanted to have something different. And it went to, like, a Crab Shack. Ocular's Crab Shack. Uh, for dinner that night. And it was dreaming about how great the King... Ocular King Crab it had. And it thinks about crabs while it's dreaming. And it dreams into existence the Crab of the Deep. Which is a, a beholder with one central eye, the mouth, but only two eye stalks where the crab kind of, like, antenna would be. And then big old crab claws, right? So now you've got a crab, a crab beholder, or or another one that I know exists is uh, it's called a uh, a, a blood blood sucker beholder. Yeah, the the really weird uh pale ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have eyeballs on its eye stalks. It has mouths. And that's actually how it talks. It has ten mouths, and all ten mouths speak. And all it does is absorb. It, it, it sucks up blood. So this this vamp this uh, beholder could have watched Twilight and been thinking about vampires. Uh, and then it's a sparkly bloodsucker beholder, uh, or it could have been attacked by adventurers that it ultimately killed and thought about like. Man, I lost a lot of blood today. And then it's thinking about blood, so it makes this blood sucker beholder. But that's the wonkiness of the beholder mind, is that if they think and dream of something, sometimes it doesn't turn into a beholder, it could turn into some other thing. Like, you could make, uh, let's call it a... No, it's definite. It's called a len a lens man, and it's basically a humanoid form. Like it looks like a human, but instead of a head, it's just a big ass eyeball. Oh no! And that's that's the they dream these into existence when they think about like that adventurer that almost killed them, or they heard about it, and it's like or 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 a lens person, someone that like. It's got a vaguely humanoid shape, and it's got a big eyeball instead of a head, and it's basically, that's what they dream into existence, and this lens person has no, they have no direction, because they have no brain. They just have an eyeball to observe the world, but nothing to translate to limbs, so they're just angry about it. So it's basically like an, just a feral barbarian creature with an eyeball instead of a head. And they just rage off into the world until somebody ultimately defeats them because they're terrified of this creature. I mean, I would be. I'd be I'm so scared. Think about you walking down the street right now. And you're I'm out. Kroger. Yeah, go, sure, getting some groceries. 
And then all of a sudden, like, someone just knocks, bursts through the potato chip aisle, and it's this <laughs> naked attack on Titan weird monstrosity with nudity, no necessarily, no, no, like, true distinguishable form, just kind of a generic flesh-colored humanoid body with a big-ass blinking eyeball, and it's just, like, freaking out trying to figure out how it fits into a world that's not ready to accept its existence. I kind of feel bad about it, but I also would definitely dump the aisle onto it. Like, Sure. You, knocked it, just, you, you have salt and vinegar chips in your eyes, sir. Yeah. Tip the whole potato chip aisle over to it and then uh, go to the popcorn aisle on the other side of it and tip it over onto it, too, that's, for good measure. I mean, but... Then you probably have some crazy ass beholders that are like, I'm gonna make a bunch of these guys, and I'm gonna oh, have an no. army. I'm gonna have an army of these popcorn and uh, spicy Dorito yeah. beholders coming out after that. I mean, so um, oh man, imagine a 3D Dorito, <laughs> which I know you know. They're back, by the way, the real, folks. The real big ones. This uh, this week's episode sponsored. Buy 3D Doritos. The big-ass triangular 3D Dorito, but it's just a 3D Dorito with an eyeball, like some sort of weird Dorito Illuminati. And it's just, like, that's a thing that exists now. The Dorito Beholder. Alright, um, it's got an eye ray that just shoots that little, like, the little bits. You know what I'm talking about, the little, when you eat the Dorito, the little bits that come on your hands. Pew pews, yeah. It just shoots that at you. And like, you're covered in that. And you're like, I, how do I get, ah, uh, how do I get clean? It's in my armor. I need to go home now. Yeah, it deterred me from my, my quest. 3D Dorito Beholder. Man. Then you've got the spicy ranch 3D Dorito Beholder oh, and the this nacho cheese. so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then they only come around, like, every 20 years. <laughs> and then they go back into the Dorito Beholder Vault, and then they come back out. <laughs> it's a cyclical thing. It's part of, um, it's like a comet, actually. You know how, like, Haley's Comet comes around however so often? The 3D uh -huh. Dorito Beholder? <laughs> 20 years or so, they come back into existence. The 3D Dorito Comet comes back around Toral or wherever you're playing your game, and then the 3D Dorito, the triangular beholders arrive, uh, spewing Dorito finger bits on you, whatever those things are called. What a what a versatile creature the beholder is. <laughs> they they need to have some kind of drive, right? Like, do mm -hmm. beholders have like do they collect possessions, or do they have any kind of, like, collections? Like, what drives a beholder? So, that is... It depends, right? So, I told you earlier that we have the, the two minds of the beholder. So, uh, some... The only sane beholders have melded those two minds together. They've awakened both minds, and they now exist... They coexist together. Two eyes and the one eye exist together. And those are the normal, what I will call the sane beholders. And they 
can go about like they they aren't driven by any kind of crazy desires and they can kind of they're free thinking individuals they can do what they want sometimes that might even lead to a, a quote good beholder right someone that's or a neutral beholder one that isn't whatever lawful evil or whatever it is they can they might just be like you know what i love tea and candles I'm the tea and candle beholder. <laughs> I own a quirky Etsy store, and everybody can come by and check out my stuff. The most the the most famous is um, Mario, Mario the beholder. Um, he's uh, I've heard about him. He's a he's a plumber. He's a great uh, plumber. He doesn't plumb as much now as he used to do back in the day. Um, now he's a mushroom farmer. He loves uh, pasta and traveling amongst the stars and eating mushrooms. Uh, Mario the Beholder. Uh, and he, you know, you might, if you have spacefaring missions in your game, you might encounter Mario the Beholder. And then if they show up, he'll tell them that it, uh, it's a me, Mario <laughs> the Beholder. <laughs> um, or, or, <laughs> or if you spend time in the Underdark, he might have his mushroom farm there. You know, you have options, is what I'm saying, right? But, uh, yeah, so as far as drive goes, each, the non-tip, the, the typical, the non-sane beholders, I'll say, their drive is to be the quintessential beholder. Because each one, when they haven't attained this degree of, uh, of sentience and, and superior, uh, I guess, intellect that Mario has, right, they have, um, they still continue to believe that they are the epitome of beholders. Whatever their physical form, their shape, their mentality, they are the best. So they desire to show the world that they are indeed the best at what they do. Um, and who they are. So like, hey, world, I'm, you know, uh, Bobby, Bobby the Beholder here. <laughs> and I, uh, I have, you know, seafoam green, smooth skin, and, uh, you know, a purple tongue. And I live my life, and my obsession is, uh, music, and I'm gonna be the best damn musician you've ever heard, and all of the beholders are liars, I am the true beholder. Uh, some of them might seek out to form uh, if they find things that are like, if they're imagining things that are pretty, they might imagine their whole layer into gold because they think gold is pretty. Right? Or if they think pizza is pretty, you might have Tony, the pizza beholder. And he imagines his entire um, his entire layer is molten cheese and pepperoni. Because he can, like he can shape the reality around him while he's sleeping. Um, and his treasure is, like, the ultimate pizza recipe. Which he's paranoid that other people will learn about Tony the Pizza Beholder's recipe. Whereas Bobby the Beholder might think that people will find, like, the ultimate guitar riff. So he's got to keep that safe. So they all, each one has their own driving factor about what they think is like, this is the quintessential treasure, if you will, that I have developed because I am the best beholder. I am the one. 
true beholder. There can be only one beholder. And I am that one, and this is what is the best. Other than people like Mario who are like, no, I'm I'm here to save the, the, the realms, or I'm here to do whatever you need to do. I'll, I'll plumb your drain, I'll make your mushrooms, whatever you need. I'm here to help everybody. <laughs> I understand. I've, I've broken past the primitive thinking of the single-minded, single-ocular beholder that my kin are, and I can see the world through both eyes, even though I still only have one. Um, eleven eyes. Yeah, well, I have eleven, but I can see with the mind of two eyes. Yeah. And I can, I can do the thing. Whereas people like Tony are like, no, 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 the best pizza recipe is important, but it's so important that I can't share it with the realms. And if I did... Well then, who am I, really? I'm 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 Tony the Beholder, sharer of secrets. No, I'm Tony the Beholder, pizza master, and you will be lucky to even try some of my pepperoni pizza. Really I really want a pizza. pizza. I'm th- I'm I'm really thinking that Tony is gonna have. Some amazing pizza. I really want to try Tony's pizza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, like could, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm almost out of scotch, so I could really go for a pizza right now. I could go for some pizza right now. Yeah, I'm a uh, few drinks in now, and pizza is starting to sound very good. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you could, Ted, tell us a couple of um, just for the listeners at home, so they know a couple of things to watch out for. Uh, what are f- a few of the variations on the eye stalk abilities that they've got? Sure. I think you mentioned a couple already. So this, the standard one that pretty much all beholders have, unless they're like a, a, a lesser beholder and have hands, is telekinesis. That's pretty standard across the board. They need to have that because that's how they manipulate things in the world. Doorknobs. Sure, doorknob, right? I mean, like... If you're a beholder and you're smart, don't design doors in your lair so you can float on through with your floaty guts. Um, but if you do decide to put doors in there, you need to have a means to open them, so telekinesis is key. <laughs> so that leaves nine more to go through. So uh, we've got um, disintegration ray, which I will Ooh, also that call... That sounds dangerous. I'll also call it excavation ray. Which is how, uh, you know, laymen use shovels to dig their lairs and holes. Beholders say, no, I'll just literally disintegrate the material. So it functions as disintegration to mess up adventures, but also excavation to make my lair bigger and build my secret tunnels. Uh, petrification. I can turn things to stone. Uh, you know what? We know medusas and basilisks can turn things to stone by looking at them. Beholders don't feel like they want to be left out of that game. So they say, <laughs> they want one we've got eyes, <laughs> we have eye powers, we gotta have petrification so we can at least be on par with the lesser ocular beings. Okay. Tickle. Tickle Ray. Tickle Ray. Now you might think to yourself, Tickle Ray. Sounds pretty good. That's That, that might not be as powerful, but like, that is incapacitating, friends. Have you ever been tickled to the point where, like, you laugh so hard that you can't make audible noise? 
where you are on the ground rolling and someone is relentlessly and you are trying to tell them to stop tickling you and you but can't you breathe. can't you can't breathe that is an incapacitation ray that's formed deadly. and you say tickle ray i say incapacitation well and and be and beholders are n- notorious for using multiple rays at the same time so i might be like i'm going to i'm going to disintegrate i'm going to tickle you and then when I'm done, when I feel like you've become numb to the tickle ray, disintegration. You are of no use to me, human. You are disintegrated now. Now I'm going to go tickle the dwarf till he can't handle it. <laughs> um, all right. So telekinesis, tickle, tickle petrification, disintegration. And then we've got things like... Uh, minor inconvenience ray which is just like all of your all of your toenails are too big so like they poke into the edge of your boots so you can't walk around comfortably uh, or, or it hurts when you do walk around or like your hair is just grows too long so it's always in your eyes a little too puffy yeah yeah the minor inconvenience ray which, if you've ever had that happen, where you're like, oh, I need to go get oh, I hate it. I need to need to do something, and you're like, that is a minor inconvenience. Ah, well, they have the ability that. to manifest that in you physically without question. Oh boy, sleepy, sleepy time, Ray. Sometimes they use this on themselves when they have <laughs> trouble sleeping. Um, they say, you know, I'm having a hard time getting some rest. Uh, and why I can just instill sleep. I close my central eye so that I don't have anti-magic, and then I sleep riding myself and I fall asleep. Or I can use it to debilitate adventurers. Eight? Seven. Um, and then we have a probability ray, where I can alter probability, um, which is weird because it messes with your die roll. They can choose to be like, I uh, I will give you um, disadvantage on your rolls because uh, I can alter your property or advantage if I'm feeling generous. Yeah, that sounds like a good uh, casino. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, they don't have casinos on Ocular because uh, they have okay. probability because rates. of that. Yeah, so they need to travel to other planets where the holders to are hit not on the roulette wheel yeah, to get that that true um and then they have uh what i like to call the true seeing eye ray which is most of the time you're like well giving somebody true seeing is beneficial to the person but they can now see all things and into the ethereal plane so you have just basically given somebody a psychedelic mind trick grind trip in a ray so, like, you can now see, like, yeah, if, if I have invisible allies, you can see them. But you can also see all sorts of other things you didn't know were always present. And when this mind ray ends, you know that there's those weird swimmy butterfly goldfish things living in the world around you all Hanging the time. out right around your ears so you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a matrix, basically. It's opening your eyes to the matrix. And then turning it off. And then turning it off. But you know, you were you there. You still know. You still know. So now I've fundamentally altered your reality forever. 
Uh, and then... Yeah, the last one is, um... Oh, uh... Hmm... It's a tripping, Ray. It's really the worst one. It just makes you fall over and not groan. Oh, tri- like, li- uh, so the it last one was you. kind of a tripping metaphorically. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's basically... And then this one's a legitimate... It's like you literally fall over. <laughs> like, it's uh, like your shoe tied... Yeah, uh, your shoe shoes are tied together, you just faceplant. It has the beneficial thing of, like, if the beholder is smart enough to use this when you're near the edge of a cliff, and you oh, just fall yeah. off the cliff. Oh, yeah, it's a death. But, um, more often than not, it's just like, really? That's really? You, maybe you fall over one time? And you maybe just not fall to the ground, but then they're like, well, I wait till you stand up, and then I hit you with something more powerful. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, I had to use half my movement to stand back up. Yeah, so that now you can't get to me, because you fell over. Yeah, sucker. So. Yeah, uh, but again, as we've discussed with uh, intel- er, imagination, rather, all beholders have you know, not everyone is, it's not the same. That's the what I'll call the standard beholder. But if you want to have yeah. your be- beholder have a freeze ray or a fire ray. Yeah, those would be fun. You know, whatever you want, you can change it up because maybe your beholder has different powers. Uh, so, Ted, uh, we've learned so much about beholders so. tonight. Say, I always like to leave the audience with uh, just like a really crucial fact. So say somebody is staring down the uh, 10, 11 eyes of a beholder mm-hmm. and you had to give them one single piece of advice for that confrontation that's about to occur. Mm. What would that singular piece of advice to that adventurer be? Appeal to their vanity. They think they are the best version of themselves. Play that up as best you can, and you might just survive. Or, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say poke their eye out, but you need a magic weapon. (laughs) You'd have to have 11 hands. Yeah, you need 11 hands. Yeah, surprise them. Wait till they fall asleep. One of those three things. Appeal to their vanity, poke all 11 (laughs) eyes. Out or wait until they fall asleep. Yep. One of those three will get you every yeah, time. That's, that's how you get through it. Try and avoid it if you can. Or don't go in solo. Never split the party. Bring the whole team and just go ham. And ideally, oh, yeah. you have people that don't focus heavily on their magical abilities to defeat them. Because of that big central lie, I assume. Uh, so, Ted, uh, thank you so much for giving our audience this look into the beholder of uh, pun fully intended. Yeah, you got that, right? You. Yeah, awesome. Nice. Um, so, uh, it, we, uh, myself, and I'm sure all of our listeners really appreciate all of this uh, behind-the-scenes knowledge of beholders. Uh, when you're not just studying up on beholders and being the absolute uh, number one uh, enthusiast, enthusiast on beholders where can people find you at ted sure i run a a youtube channel called nerd immersion where i make videos just about daily on all manner of things dungeons and dragons from top 10 videos to uh discussion videos to some gameplay videos and i also have a twitch channel where we stream a couple times a week gameplay and some other things 
Yep. And uh, with that, uh, Ted, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody remember, at least half of this was probably correct. See you all in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hello, everybody. It is your host, Adam DeWeese here. I know this is the first time I have popped in on an episode like this before. I will probably start doing it here going on, uh, but I definitely wanted to get in on this episode and talk about our Extra Life 24-hour charity event that we have coming up this Friday as of this episode going out. So that's April 9th through April 10th. It's going to be 24 hours. It starts at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time p.m. It's all going to be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Network. We have a lot of really cool events throughout the entire uh, event. We also have a Ted will actually be joining us for a one shot at nine o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time that night uh, where I will be the GM. So I will get to be hanging out with Ted a little bit more. Very excited for that. There's going to be a lot of other really cool people uh, in that one shot. We are raising money for Extra Life specifically for Cincinnati Children's Hospital. You can donate as low as one dollar and be entered into over 30 giveaways we're going to be doing throughout the event. Uh, th- those giveaways include uh, 3 D&D Beyond Source Adventure Collections, 10 $25 Dyson V gift cards. It's uh, over 30 things of amazing tabletop prizes, and you will have very good odds of winning because I think last year, we this is our second annual one, and last year we raised somewhere around $3,200, and it ended up being, I think, like between 80 and 100 donors. So if we got those same amount of donors this year, you would have like a one in three chance of winning something uh, for just as low as, you know, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you're able to uh, kick into the cause. Our goal is $3,000. We would really appreciate you tuning in. Again, that's going to be at twitch.tv slash Majestic Goose Network. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow if you're not yet so you don't miss anything. We will actually have our first ever Lore and Poor live show where I will be the interviewee. So if you're enjoying this show, uh, you're going to want to tune in. That is going to be Saturday night at 6 o'clock p.m., which is very early to get drunk at. But whatever it takes to get some more money raised to help out some kids... So very, very excited. Wanted to drop in and talk about that real quick. Uh, Yeah, and you can donate at bit.ly slash goose2021, or you can click the link in the notes below. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thanks for giving this show such a good, successful uh, launch. It's been amazing. Cannot wait to get more episodes out there and hope you're all enjoying it. I will talk to you later. If you have not yet left us a five-star rating review, please do that. Those are helping us so much. We are at 25 right now. Let's try to hit 50 by the end of the year. Bye, everybody. A Majestic Goose Podcast. Honk. A Majestic Goose Podcast. Honk.